The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, of course, we have some tough matchups every week, but here in week 15, you know, it just feels even tougher. You're going to sit there, you're going to agonize over your roster decisions. And we're going to help you out today by reading a bunch of your questions and talking about some of those difficult matchups for week 15. Welcome to Fantasy Football today on Wednesday. We'll be doing some regulating on Heath, who is a horrible commissioner, as we'll find out today. And Heath, you know who I love this week, who I'm really rooting for, pulling for big time this week? Who's that? Josh Jacobs. Do you know why? Why is that? Because you picked up DeAndre Washington in one of our non-PPR leagues, and I'm playing against you. And I fear DeAndre Washington. So let's get Josh Jacobs back on the field, though it doesn't really seem like that's going to happen. Like DeAndre Washington this morning capped off what was maybe the best four-day stretch of my career season for sure. But may and it's just going to get better today. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really in a good place right now. Okay, good. You know, I'm actually uh, we'll get Bennett in a second. I'm especially mad at Chris Towers because he had number one waiver wire party, waiver wire claim, you know, priority over Heath. And I'm not facing Chris this week. And he picked up the Chiefs DST instead of DeAndre Washington. So I thought I'm that very was happy about it. In a, ridiculous. In, a, in another league that I'm in, somebody I, I had 134 Fab dollars left. Somebody else had 514, and they don't have good running backs. And they didn't pick up DeAndre Washington either. And I got him. Everything is turning up Heath right now. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> well, let's bring in the third member of our crew today and get some music. Ben, 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 Lee, Ben, 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 I always wanted to do that. Ben, Ben, Ben. Hey, Ben, what's up? <laughs> Not much. I, You know, I think I, I might just need to be a spectator to start this off. I'm hearing yeah. something about a, a co-commissioner fiasco that oh. I, I really want to hear the, uh, <laughs> the details about. Let me tell you something. I, all right. Heath, you, you screwed up in our podcast for the People League, apparently. Do you have the music? Oh, sure. You want the two and a half men music again? or No, I want the regulators music. Okay, okay. I'll get it up. This issue needs to be regulated. I'll bring that up in a moment. Uh, so, yeah, you are the commissioner, right, of the league? Ten teams? Well, I I need Ben to regulate this. Okay. I am on the league right now, mm-hmm. and there is a page on CBS that is called Commissioner Access Page, where yeah. the commissioner gets to decide who has commissioner access. Mm-hmm. There are two names that say yes 
for Commissioner Access. One of them is Heath Cummings. One of them is Adam Azer. Ben, can you regulate? Do we have one or two commissioners? Well, in I don't league? get to say my side yet. No, I mean, it's, it's a pretty open and close case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Azer, what, what is the possible alternative side to this? The point, the, okay, <laughs> Heath runs this league. This league was his idea. He picks the contestants for the league. He sends out the emails. He does everything. We share a team. I have commissioner access. I think he so also it has. Seems to, hold, like on, this hold on, one hold on. Thing that hold, got messed up, you could have done. <laughs> I've, I've done well, all of these other things. You know, the funny thing is, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. I think I know what got messed up, but I don't know for sure. What What in your mind got messed up in this league? This is the weirdest league ever. It's a ten-team league. Four teams make the playoffs. Playoffs start this week. So last week was very important. Our first place team is also the lowest scoring team in the league. <laughs> he went 10 and four and scored fewer points than everyone else. That's amazing. <laughs> the highest scoring team in the league finished in fifth place. The second highest scoring team in the league finished in sixth place. Neither of them are going to be participating in the playoffs because Adam and I did a terrible job. Don't put me in this. This is your you league. Are a commissioner. What, I am a commissioner we, for administration. We've established that he's a commissioner of I'm this not league, a, correct? I'm not a commissioner. He, he gave no defense I, to not being a commissioner. He I, just gave defense to I've done everything. I am a commissioner. I am an honorary commissioner. I have no actual power. <laughs> I can go in there and make changes if I need to. You have complete and total power. You could go do it's anything you want league. on the website right you, now. This is your fault. Apart from assigning fault, which it seems like it's it's just both of your fault. It's but what, fault. How, I, I'm on the edge of my seat with this story. Like, how the heck can this happen where the fifth seed and the sixth seed are both not in the it's playoffs? Ten what, teams, what? so oh, only four teams. teams make the playoffs, and they start this week. Ah. So the so and the, honestly, yeah. like I usually just make the playoffs about standings. I don't have those types of rules. They're good rules. He he clearly right. you should it's put looking that... more like it's part more Adam's fault now. No, it's, I you usually do here. have points be part of the and and it, and you should have made the changes and you didn't. So this is your so fault, your we've got to we've got to rectify this. I can't let this stand. So I can think of two possible outcomes that are okay. Okay. Either we give up our spot in the no, playoffs for no. the highest scoring team. Absolutely and not. And they get, they get the two seed instead of us because they deserve it more than us. No. Um, or they get to play in the podcast league again next year because we ruined their experience for them. They they were the top scoring team in the league. Hey, and we did not Heath, give them a chance you know what? to be the champions of the league. I am going to let them back into the Florida right. People League next year. You Just are. send me an email. Because it's your freaking league, and you're the commissioner, and you can do that, and it's been regulated. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the most added list here uh, to uh, get the show started. DeAndre Washington, one. A.J. Brown, two. Raheem Mostert, three. Robbie Gold, four. Uh, not a bad option there if you need a kicker for one of the best offenses in football. So he is 75% on Robbie Gold. Uh, Tyler Higby is five and Darius Slayton six, Ryan Tannehill seven. I plan on talking about most of these guys here, but um, Boston Scott is, is now 8% owned. But, you know, A.J. Brown is a guy that just the targets alone, they scare me. And the inconsistency, it scares me. And Ben, how do you feel about uh, about A.J. Brown against the Texans this week in the uh, the biggest game of the week? I mean, I love that you're starting off with him because he's the player that I am just crushing on so hard this Whoa. week. I, a, AJ Brown, 
AJ Brown is going to make Ryan Tannehill hundreds of millions of dollars. Since Tannehill started, uh, took over starting seven games, he has more receiving yards, more than double the receiving yards of any other Texan, more than the next two Texans combined. Titans. Which is just Titans. basic math. Titans. Those two things mean uh, Titans, sorry. Right. Those two things mean the same thing. Right, yeah. He's been phenomenal. No, he he's hasn't. He's the best receiver in the NFL. He's been inconsistent. He's the best receiver in the NFL in yards per target with at least 40 targets. It doesn't the get enough guy, targets. I believe that's ahead of him. Right. He hasn't been getting consistent targets. You're right. But this guy, I believe, is the best receiver in a very, very good 2019 rookie wide receiver class. I think he's going to be an absolute star down the line. Top right. five yeah. fantasy ceiling. That That's all true. Right. And I'm not surprised that he's Ben's favorite because he's got enormous upside weekly and Ben doesn't care what his four is. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a perfect player. The only guy that like wasn't on the list um, and I think may have almost as much upside on a weekly basis and has been better and more consistent recently is Anthony Miller. I think he's taken a say leap he's been forward. He, he's further down okay. on the most that He's not been better by the by the metric that you're choosing to use yes that's correct what fantasy he points has, i think he has been better by fantasy points over the last month yeah well okay. his last maybe if he stretched i mean the uh, only I reason mean, he wasn't before is because he wasn't catching any touchdowns no the only reason he wasn't uh, well, the before only is because Brown... taylor gabriel was playing you know as soon as gabriel got hurt so, miller went crazy here's an interesting note on brown that i just want to add on top of the fact that he's been this good with Tannehill under center, which I think is very notable, he also wasn't playing a lot of snaps to start the season. Something we see with rookies. We saw it with DJ Moore last year. We talked about this all offseason, where Moore didn't play consistent snaps until late in the year. AJ Brown's snap share was in the 40% for the entire month of September, the first four games. Then it was in right around 60% for all of October. Only since like November, since around when Tannehill started uh, taking over the offense, has his snap share actually trended up and he's had three games over 80 percent now he's been essentially their number one since uh cory davis missed week 10 he's running more routes now and again this guy came in with a really really strong profile in terms of age adjusted production all of those things that we've talked about uh for ruck for rookies out of Ole miss was way more productive than dk metcalf at Ole miss and, and metcalf's been a productive nfl player so this is a guy that i think has a lot of long-term upside and I think you should absolutely be buying into with the increased snaps and the increased role right now. I know the targets aren't great. I mean, this is a run first team, but this guy is is just a really good player and somebody you should want to be playing. And and I do think like you should pick him up. You just have to acknowledge if you're going to start him, like if he scores three fantasy points this week, it should not surprise you. Yeah, sure. And he he might score 25 as well. But if he's you can't start him and then be upset if he scores three points. Because that's well within the range of possibilities. And I, I should have been more side, clear. I, Anthony Miller's been more involved the past month than A.J. Brown. Because of Brown's monster game last week, he has scored more fantasy points the last month than Miller. Um, I, I, like Again, I think if you're looking at it from a who is the most likely to score 12 fantasy points, it's Anthony Miller. The who is the more, most likely sure. to score 20 is probably A.J. Brown. But I do think, uh, just to like reiterate with A.J. Brown, he has that, remember Odell Beckham's rookie season, 2014, what he did in the fantasy playoffs? He won fantasy leagues as a rookie. It's it's almost blasphemy to compare anything to that, oh, but I, that's the upside that I think, I think A.J. Brown has that upside. I legitimately do think he has, I, like I don't think last week was a fluke, is the, is the key. Okay, well, look, I'm not, it's not so much that, it's that Ryan Tannehill 
his pass attempts in his last four games are like 19, 18, 22, 27, I think. So it's just a matter of is, is he going to throw more? And you hope there's a lot of points in this game. And you hope maybe that the Houston run defense can be solid and make Tannehill throw the ball a little bit more. And if that happens, then you're going to feel better about A.J. Brown. But, um, you know, so so would you start A.J. Brown over like a struggling Odell Beckham against Arizona? Yeah. Wow. I would too. Uh, would you start him? I would start him over. I'm looking at one of my teams. I don't have A.J. Brown, but I, you know, I put in a claim for him, right? Uh, I'd start him over D.K. Metcalf this week. Would you? Yep. Yep. But I wouldn't start him over Zach Pascal, <clears throat> and I wouldn't start him over Kenny Galladay. Galladay's got the Bucks. W- Pascal's at the Saints. I would start him over Pascal, but not Galladay. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Just because God has a great matchup, but it's—I think it's close. Like I think you can have AJ Brown in that range because Galladay's obviously playing with an with an inconsistent quarterback. Heath, give me a final thought on the most added list. Again, we got DeAndre Washington, AJ Brown, Raheem Mostert, Robbie Gold, Tyler Higby, Darius Slayton, Ryan Tannehill, I, Seahawks. I think just one more time because I haven't said this this week, and maybe maybe it was said enough yesterday, but I was able to get DeAndre Washington in four leagues. <laughs> I basically threw everything I had at him. And as long as Josh Jacobs is out this week, he's not just like somebody you can start because you picked him up off the waiver wire. I think he's a top 12 running back. Yeah, Jamie said the same exact thing. All right, we got a few things to promote. Our Facebook giveaway, the biggest lesson you learned this season. Uh, So some that we've gotten so far uh, from Ty, drafting the tight ends right after the big three is just about the riskiest thing you can do. Yeah, that group didn't turn out so well. And I hope if you drafted Hunter Henry, I hope you kept him through his injury. From Jimmy, Never, ever, ever waiting too long to draft a second quarterback in a two-quarterback league. Yeah, I'm not sure. This year, I guess maybe. But uh, overall, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't like to wait too long to draft my third quarterback in a two-quarterback league. Um, So I guess, yeah, I guess if that... I guess I can't wait too long to... Yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Okay, I agree with you, Jimmy. Don't wait too long to draft a second quarterback or a third quarterback. And if you want to win a million dollars, you can go to cbssports.com slash parlay and play the parlay pick em. You're picking games and you're winning some money. Uh, parlay pick em at cbssports.com slash parlay. Hey, let's do a quick round of Fantasy Feud. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Okay, just one round. Let's do it. The top five answers are on the board. You have to say your name to, you know, buzz in. Um, give me the top... It's actually six answers. There's a tie at fifth place. Top five running backs in yards per carry, minimum 100 carries. Heath. Heath. Devin Singletary. He is number two. Ben, you have a chance for the number one answer. Derrick Henry. That is incorrect. He, uh, Ben, or he, he's number five. Heath, would you like to pass or play? Okay. Um, so we've got two and five off the board. Yeah. Let's play. Okay. We're looking for the top five running backs in yards per carry. Minimum 100 carries. Devin Singletary and Derrick Henry are off the board. Heath, what do you got? Uh, Raheem Mostert. That is correct. He is the number one answer. Good job. Who else? I don't know if this guy has enough carries, but Matt Breida. Eh, Dude, you're on fire. He's the number three answer. Mostert, Singletary, (laughs) Breida, blank, Derrick Henry, and blank. Um... I love that. I know Josh he, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is incorrect. Hmm. Ooh, I got. Oh, he gets a couple. Guesses. He gets three. Yeah. It's two more. I, I don't think I'm going to get the last two is the problem. I don't think Ben is either. Uh, 
That's the good thing. Um, <laughs> minimum 100 carries. You've got five seconds. Five seconds. Four, three, two. Austin Eckler. One more. Yards per All carry right. Let's just, like, I would feel stupid if I didn't guess him, so I'll just say Christian McCaffrey. Good job. Okay, he's tied with Derrick Henry at five yards per carry. Someone is averaging 5.1 yards per carry. He is fourth on the list. It's not Mostert, Singletary, Brita, Henry, or McCaffrey. It must be five, four, three. Melvin Gordon. No, you know what? I'm not counting that. Melvin <laughs> Gordon. I'm not counting that. It's not Melvin Gordon. Um. All right, Ben, the board is yours. Who's the uh, number four? I have two guesses. You said I wasn't going to get it, so I have two really good guesses. All right, I want you to say both of them, and then I want you to pick the one that you're going to officially go with. So I'm I'm thinking Gus Edwards and Duke Johnson are two guys. I'm not sure if either even is at 100 carries yet, but they're two guys that I think have been very efficient. And would be off the off the radar a little bit, but I'm gonna go Duke Johnson. Oh, incorrect! You should have gone with Gus Edwards. He would have been wrong anyway because it's Nick Chubb. But no, <laughs> Gus, Gus Edwards actually is uh, up there. But I don't think he has 100 carries. By the way, everything is still turning up. Heath 95 carries. That was he my best new performance ever. <laughs> that was that very was good. Super impressive. Bear, you can tell that you look at yards per carry when you project each week. I mean, like, I was impressed helps. by. Like, I pulled up Devin Singletary and Ricky Mostert. You've been regressing every week. I, you yeah. know, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't surprised that Mostert was number one. What surprised me, Devin Singletary is averaging five point six yards per carry, and he's got a tough matchup against the Steelers. Is is Devin Singletary matchup proof at this point? I wouldn't call him matchup proof um, because there's a couple of different things going against him. One, the Steelers are pretty good against the run so that and he, two he's going to regress he's not going to average 5.6 for the entire season and if he does he won't do it again next year um and then three it's also i think last i saw this game had an over under of like 36 and a half one of the lowest of the season and i think vegas is probably right on that there won't be many points so touchdown out odds are low hurts the yards he's uh like i definitely starting deandre washington over him Non-PPR, I'm probably starting Adrian Peterson over him. Whoa. Well, Peterson's got the Eagles. Like, he's not going to really be able to run against them. He's going to get 20 carries. Yeah, but Singletary will probably get close to 20 touches. He could. That's a. You know what? The thing is, I, Peterson might be more likely to score a touchdown because you got that stinking Frank Gore guy at the goal line, although I predicted on Sunday that's not happening anymore after that, that huge failure. Um, but... I, that's obviously just a gut gut feeling. Injuries, news, and notes. Lamar Jackson's going to play. We're previewing that game later. You know, two of the toughest calls might be Mark Ingram and Le'Veon Bell this week. Not easy in this matchup on Thursday. Uh, Mike Evans out for the season. Alshon Jeffrey out for the season. Marvin Jones out for the season. Darius Geis sprained MCL out for the season. Auden Tate out for the season. Le'Veon Bell wants more touches, and he bowled a 251. Ben Gretsch, what is your bowling high score? I believe it was a 191 Ooh. or 192 when I was like a teenager. I used to Adam, I used to bowl a little bit. Have you ever bowled, Adam, two games combined that totaled 251? Oh, yeah. Not consecutively, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Actually, yeah, probably. I, I usually bowl, if I bowl three frames, I'll bowl like in the 90s. It'll be embarrassing. And then I'll bowl like 
around 120 after that, something like that. But I need one game to get, you know, get going. How about you, Heath? You're bowling high? Uh, it's it's not 190. I would guess it's somewhere around 150, but I really don't know. Yeah, I think mine's about 151. So, I, so up ahead of you. Yeah. I should, and I didn't I, I didn't realize when you mentioned what a tough week this is for Bell and Ingram. This is like the Ben Gretsch Bowl. Trap. It's why? like yeah. the buy low back <laughs> versus the sell high back. Uh, <laughs> one of them's a trap back. Uh, Philadelphia right tackle Lane Johnson's week to week, and Carson Wentz a lot better with Lane Johnson and Alshon Jeffrey, by the way. So he'll be interesting with a good matchup at Washington. Sit him. Yeah. Jameis Winston expected to start this week. You feel good about him this week with a broken hand at Detroit? He's fine. Okay. But the like, there's no, there's only one guy that was available that you're considering, and it's Tannehill. And I have those two in one league, but it's a bonus for 300 yard league, so I'll probably just still start Jameis. But like, they're right back to back in my rankings. Mark Andrews is going to play. James Conner expected a practice this week, and from what I read on Twitter, he thinks that the Patriots should have to forfeit the week this week against the Bengals. Is that right? I did see that on Twitter. You said that on Twitter, I think. I did say that on Twitter. <laughs> I think you see, said it. say, like, and maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll do an investigation, and it was all just an accident that the Patriots were doing the same thing again. Yeah, maybe. And probably have been ever since they did it the first time. And I did see you know, that on Twitter. Just, it was <laughs> under my name. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just take some draft picks away. That's that's led to them stopping this behavior in the past. I think that um, just gonna, I'm not even going to let you respond to this. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to leave it out there. We're going to move on to our next topic. I think that Major League Baseball should strip the Houston Astros of their 2017 World Series championship. Week 15, tough calls. All right. Ryan Tannehill. Um... So Jamie was saying he's got him. He had him fourth. Does he still have him fourth? He does. Dave has Tannehill eighth. Heath has Tannehill where seventh. Yeah, he's not a tough call. He's a he's a consensus top eight guy. Ben, you agree? Start Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make the case against him, he's thrown for under 200 yards, I think, three times in the seven starts. He's been really reliant on touchdowns. He has multiple TDs in every single game, including rushing touchdowns. Uh, I, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, I, I think they can throw on Houston. And I, again, I mean, AJ Brown is is you know probably the greatest receiver that ever played in the NFL. I think we can we can crown him. So you know when you're thrown to that kind of talent, yeah, I mean you got to start the guy. Uh, here's another guy who apparently, based on the rankings, is not a tough call. Josh Allen is he just a straight up sit at Pittsburgh? Sit him. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm sitting him. Pittsburgh, the first two weeks of the season, they gave up 31 and 30 points to Brady and Wilson. Since then, Hoyer had 20, Mayfield had 25 with a rushing touchdown. Everyone else has been pretty junky. Um, Russell Wilson, tough call. I think he's a tough call at Carolina because you know Chris Carson should have a huge game. And Wilson scored 20 or fewer fantasy points in six of his last seven games and just hasn't really been the same. And Tyler Lockett's been bad, so... Ben, uh, what do you think about Wilson this week at Carolina? He's always tough because we know that he has a really low floor, and I wouldn't mind sitting him, especially against a team that has such a bad run defense. If Chris Carson gets rolling, I think that, and I expect that he will against this run defense, you you definitely can get one of those games where, where Wilson only throws 20, 22 passes. But if Carolina gets out in front, then all of a sudden Wilson has a massive ceiling because they'll they'll lean on him to throw. He throws 35 times in comeback mode, and that's when he blows up. So 
I can definitely see sitting him. I think this matchup leans more towards the run game for them. Heath, where do you have Wilson? Two. What? I'm starting him. <laughs> yeah. I like wow. and I don't this, that's the the thing is I don't necessarily disagree with some of the things that Ben said, except like Ben's supposed to be making the argument that Russell Wilson can win you a week. I'm not going to sit a player that can win me a week in the fantasy playoffs. He may have lost you this six of the last seven weeks. This is a game where Seattle, Seattle has an implied total of like 27. They're going to score a bunch of points. Their defense has not been very good lately. I don't think the defense is going to be very good going across the country to play against Carolina. They're going to give up some points. This might be one of those games where he only throws 30 passes, but they go for 270 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, how about Dak Prescott against the Rams? This is a really interesting game because, you know, uh, yeah. Will was talking about this could be a shootout. This could be kind of Saints 49ers-like. Um, but, you know, the Rams have a pretty good defense. Then again, so do the Saints and the 49ers. Uh, and Dak has basically needed that pass volume to in the last two games against Buffalo and Chicago to have these frantic fourth-quarter rallies where he's put up respectable fantasy numbers but um, he, he's thrown 46 to 49 passes in four of his last five games because the Cowboys' defense is sort of falling apart. Then again, I don't really trust Jared Goff that much. He's had a bad year unless he's had a great matchup. So how do we feel about Dak? Uh, ben, you have the first word against the Rams. I agree with you that it's a really interesting game. I mean, we saw good things from the Rams this, this past week. They looked like they were getting things figured out on offense against Seattle. Dallas hasn't looked great, but they have been obviously a very good offense all year. So we could see that back and forth type of shootout. The thing I'll note about your point with Dak racking up some garbage time production, we see plenty of teams that don't necessarily push the ball down the field as much, even as they are trying to come back. His vertical passing game has been there all season. And and he's been right at the top of the league in average throw depth and air yards. So we like the, the Cowboys of old, weren't that aggressive when they fell behind. They used to check down and, and still go to Elliott and keep running it. Uh, at least we know he has that upside if they trail. And if they get ahead, he's probably going to be a big a big part of them getting ahead. I, I like him. I mean, I think he's a, a high-level fantasy quarterback right now that I trust. I'm starting him. Okay. So <laughs> would you start Baker Mayfield at Arizona, or is that a home game? What? Got Arizona. They make everyone Baker look good. Baker Mayfield has scored fewer fantasy oh, points Arizona. per game than Marcus Mariota this year. We do not need to talk about Baker Mayfield no matter who he's facing. Mitchell Trubisky or Dak Prescott? <laughs> Dak, but I do like Trubisky. Dak. Is Matt Ryan a tough call at San Francisco, Heath? I don't want to start Matt Ryan at San Francisco. I know the 49ers just got blasted by Drew Brees, and they've had some struggles with running quarterbacks recently. Breeze was the first pocket passer to do it. It was at Coors Field. I mean, the Superdome. So uh, I think you just <laughs> kind of wash that one away, pretend like it didn't happen. I don't want to start Ryan outdoors against that defense. No Calvin Ridley for Matt Ryan, but no D Ford and no Richard Sherman for the Falcons or for the uh, 49ers. They've played two games already without D Ford, and they were terrific in both of them. They beat Green Bay 37 to 8. They lost at Baltimore 20 to 17, but we know they played very well in that game. So that hasn't mattered, but maybe Sherman will. Um, Ryan just hasn't really been great. If he didn't have that 90-plus yard passing touchdown, 
He doesn't have a very good game against the against the uh, Panthers, and he only scored 24 points in that game anyway. All right, we'll talk about running backs and wide receivers with tough matchups and with their t- if they are tough calls, in fact, this week. But I want to talk to you about ButcherBox. This is something I'm really, really excited about. I got this package from ButcherBox last month. Uh, just tons of food and absolutely delicious. Okay, obviously you want your food to taste good. That's the most important thing, and this food is great, but... What's great about ButcherBox is like a lot of us are health conscious and we care about the animals as well. And we want uh, food that's uh, high quality and humanely raised. That's the type of meat that we're looking for. And it's difficult to find in the grocery store. So if you go to butcherbox.com slash FFT or you enter FFT at checkout, you're going to get a great deal. Uh, You're going to get eight free steaks, by the way. Um, but you go to butcherbox.com slash FFT or FFT at checkout, and you're going to get an amazing package of meat. But all this meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. It's got Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat. That's enough for 24 individual meals, packed fresh, shipped frozen, vacuum sealed so it stays that way. And you can customize your box with whatever you want, or you can just choose one of the packages that are available on the website. So this is great. It gets shipped right to your door, and it's just so much easier than going to the supermarket and trying trying to find the meat you want. You can't find this stuff. You cannot find it. So go to butcherbox.com for the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. And uh, again, you got this great offer, butcherbox.com slash FFT, or the promo code is FFT at checkout. You get two fillets, four top sirloins, two New York strip steaks, and 20 bucks off your first box. Butcherbox.com slash FFT or FFT at checkout. All right, guys, so I'm running a little bit behind. My fault, but let's go um, to the running backs and tell me, are they easy starts? Are they tough calls? Heath, Joe Mixon against New England. Mixon has basically had tough matchup after tough matchup recently, and he's mostly come out of it fine. Um, Starter sit Mixon. I think you're probably starting Mixon. Like, there are some situations where it could be a tough call. He's a top 24 running back for me in both formats. I love the increased usage. Andy Dalton being back helps him because teams at least have some fear of the pass. And you've been able to run against the Patriots a little bit. You just haven't been able to run into the end zone. So, like, if I picked up DeAndre Washington, I would absolutely start him over Joe Mixon. But other than that, there's probably not anyone that you're adding and starting over Mixon. I always wonder at this time of year if the playoff teams might not be starting Joe Mixon. They might be loaded, you know. They might have two top ten. There's no way to know. But like I'd start Eckler over him, over him, even in non PPR. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, he's not a great option this week. That's what I'm saying. Hey, how about uh, Ben Philip Lindsay at Kansas City? Chiefs give up the second most fantasy points to running backs. Five yards per carry to running backs. Second most receiving yards to running backs. Um, oddly enough, Lindsey was really bad against Kansas City in the first meeting. But uh, what do you think about Philip Lindsey? Yeah, I think he's a fine option, but not like a, an exciting one. He has a couple of catches the last couple of games, but they've mostly been design plays. He's still running a lot fewer routes than Royce Freeman. He's only playing about 50% of the snaps, even though he's massively out carrying Freeman. We basically have an early down and passing down back situation. So I don't think there's there's really like upside if they get behind for him to catch four, five, six balls in a game. So you're hoping that he, that that rushing efficiency is there, and you noted that it's a good matchup for that. But you know, he, to me, he's mostly just kind of a fine fine option, not anything exciting. Let's see. Yeah, I'm, oh, I, good. I'm mostly just starting him. But why? He's been. If you're mostly just starting um, Philip okay. this week, you're I, losing. He has not been particularly good from a fantasy. Pr- 
perspective recently, but he's getting 18 touches almost every game. He's been an efficient back over his career and even over this year, just not the last couple of weeks. He is in a high-scoring game against one of the worst run defenses in the league. I would start almost any running back that you told me is probably going to get 18 touches against the Chiefs. Well, he's been involved in three double-digit losses, losses by 10 or more points. He had his best game of the year at Green Bay, and then against Kansas City, he was terrible, and against Buffalo, he was terrible. So, you know, like, because he doesn't he doesn't make up for it in the passing game. So, so he's either going to be awesome or terrible. Well, it's 66% of the time, he was terrible. <laughs> uh, Come on. He's averaging 3.8 yards per carry this year. That's a surprising number to me. Because I thought he'd be better than that. So is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, Miles Sanders at that Washington surprises me as well. Well, now I have to double check because now you're making me feel like I'm wrong. But Miles Sanders, <laughs> I've got at him at four point five on two different sources. Philip Lindsay. Yes. Okay. Does that make you feel better about starting him? No, not really. Why PC four life? Makes me feel stupid. That's what it makes me feel. Uh, yeah, he's averaging five point four point five. But what is he averaging? Three point. What was that all about? Three point eight over his last three games, maybe or four games. Yeah, maybe against hmm. AFC West opponents <laughs> on the road in December. What is three point eight? That's not even on his player page. How did I get no. that? <laughs> it's a really bad job. Terrible. Must have been. <laughs> yeah, that is okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, Miles Sanders at Washington. Uh, with the emergence of Boston Scott while Sanders was uh, cramping. Almost the exact same argument that I just made for Philip Lindsay, I would make for Miles Sanders. Even with him sharing with Boston Scott last week, he had 19 touches. He's been very efficient so far this season. He's facing he's facing Washington. I'm just going to start him. That, that won't, process won't always be right, but I don't know how I would ever decide to sit guys with that many things going for them. He's only averaging 3.8 yards per carry. That's, he's averaging. It's <laughs> that, just, that's not true. Four point three. I didn't think it was. <laughs> uh, is Aaron Jones the a Scott tough call? Thing- uh, let's go to the next one here. Uh, ben, is Aaron Jones a tough yeah. call against the Bears, coming off twenty-two touches and a huge game against Washington? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's a tough call. We've we've seen him take a little bit more of the backfield over the last couple of weeks. We know they're going to split a little bit. Uh, one of the really positive signs last week, though, was he actually got some targets down the field, a few air yards. He hasn't had uh, any since Devontae Adams has been back. Like his cumulative four-game stretch has been negative air yards. He's only getting targets at or around the line of scrimmage, whereas prior to Devontae Adams returning, he was getting some downfield targets, and that's why he had a really big uh, boom, like a three-week receiving boom right there in the middle of the season. So he got some of those uh, downfield targets last week back. It's nice to see that they're still thinking about that, and they might still be using that in their offense. Uh, that that really helps his upside. All right, last one is Devontae Freeman. Ben, I'll give you excuse me the first word here against the 49ers, who allow the third fewest fantasy points to running backs and the second fewest receiving yards to running backs. Now, the last two games, Devontae Freeman has faced the the Panthers, who give up the fewest receiving yards to running backs, and the Saints, who give up the eighth fewest. And in those two games, he had four catches for 13 yards against the Saints, four catches for 10 yards against the Panthers. So the Niners are just as good as those teams back better than the Saints at, pass, at defending pass-catching running backs. So keep that in mind. Um, and, I, and their run defense is really good too. So Devontae Freeman, 17 carries in two straight games. Ben, would you start or sit Freeman? I'd sit him. I, 
like it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think he's a very good fantasy option. They haven't had as a like I look at team level stuff for running backs a lot. As a team, they just not have have not had a lot of running back production. Even when Freeman was out of the lineup, there might be some receiving production here. He scored his first rushing touchdown of the year last year against Carolina, who gives up rushing touchdowns to everyone. San Francisco doesn't. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect Atlanta will throw a lot, and he could catch some passes, but I don't want to play him. I don't, I don't know, like, what what about him is inspiring. I pretty much agree in non-PPR. Like, I'm starting almost everyone over him. In PPR, he's a tough decision for me. I've got him as a, a borderline start. Um, but again, it's not. I, I do agree he doesn't have a ton of upside. I would rather start Patrick Laird in PPR than Freeman. While he hasn't gotten there a lot of go. receiving yards, he still has gotten four catches in two straight games, and he is averaging 3.6 yards per carry, and I am sure about that this season. One more guy, because we have to bring him up every Wednesday show so Ben can tell Heath how wrong he is, and um, John Brown at Pittsburgh. <laughs> so is John Brown— I don't even know if that's a—, a... I don't even know if that's a fair way to characterize John Brown, because I don't think he's crazy for liking him. Well, he's crazy for liking him as much as he does. He, how high in your top five is John Brown this week? John Brown again. Every, it's I'm on a sliding scale with everyone else. Everyone else dropped him back into the 30s, so I have dropped him back to 21st overall. Um, I've got to let him know that I still love him. Okay, but I, so I've got to stay at least 10 spots ahead of everyone else. Okay. Uh, uh he's 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 at Pittsburgh who appear to be really bad. I brought this up on yesterday's show against the inside receivers. Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, Landry again, um, Robert Woods, Zach Paschal, who, as Ben Gretsch helped me out with yesterday, does move inside a lot. Uh, Christian Kirk, who moves inside. Oh, so that seems to we be decided there. he doesn't move inside. You said he, he plays. You said he does both. You said he's an outside receiver who moves inside. Zach no. A little bit. No, he, do, he doesn't, he, he doesn't really move inside. Yeah, just he it moves in like a little bit, but not. He's an like outside. Receiver. Most outside receivers play the slot a little bit. Okay, so that's so you're saying. I think you said as much as as most outside receivers or something, which I guess yeah. is not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can bring up the quote here. Um, he he moves inside as much as the next guy. That's what you said, but the next guy I guess just doesn't move inside <laughs> that, was, that much. That was that was a terrible job, Ben. <laughs> No, I mean, read the whole email. I sent him the snap counts. I sent him a screenshot. I'm going to look at that stuff. No, Adam's not consuming what you're. Sum it up. I'm pretty sure I clarified in that email that he's an outside receiver and moves inside as much as the next. Well, what does that mean to me? That means he moves inside. Like (laughs) he's not the slot guy. I also mentioned all the slot guys they've had. He's not a slot. I mentioned Chester Rogers and Paris Campbell. So Ben, is there any chance you would start John Brown? That I would start John Brown? I, I yeah. mean, the volume is still there, right? And I think he definitely no. has boom potential. It's, it's just it's that Josh there. Allen's not a very consistent passer. It, it, it's not really there. It's like four targets, four targets, eight targets in his last three games. It was there last week. Uh, so I should say the team share of the volume. He's still clearly their lead receiver. I mean, I know Beasley's coming on a little bit, but he's still the guy that dominates, especially the air yards. And, and he has plenty of upside because of that. Would you start outside receiver Zach Paschal, A.J. Brown? Or John Brown? I would start A.J. Brown. <laughs> and I'm serious. Like, I'm not just saying no, that. I would fine. start I A.J. Brown. A lot of people would. A.J. Brown, John Brown, or Pascal? Yeah. I would go A.J. Brown, John Brown, Pascal in non-PPR. I might start John Brown over A.J. Brown in PPR just because I think he'll catch a few more passes. All righty. Jets are at the Ravens. Let's preview this game here. 
Okay, quarterback is easy. Sam Darnold sit. Lamar Jackson, Heath, do you have any hesitation at all because of the quad injury? If he is active, he is in my starting lineup. Is he not your number one quarterback, or would you start He is my number one quarterback. Okay. Uh, by the way, your stat of the game, and this really is relevant for Mark Andrews. I think this explains his sort of struggles, at least in yards. First seven games of the year, Baltimore had a bye in week eight. First seven, years, uh, first seven games of the year, Lamar Jackson averaged 30.7 pass attempts per game. Since the bye, six games, he's averaging 22 pass attempts per game. So that's why it's hard to trust Marquise Brown. It's hard to trust Mark Andrews sometimes. He does score a lot, but the yards are down. All right, so with the Jets... It's funny because okay. the big reason for that is they're blowing people out, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're, they've won a... In that six-game stretch, they've won probably three or four games by 30 points. Yeah, and, and they so, might I mean, win this game by... They honestly might win by 25 or more points. I mean, that's a distinct possibility. So let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. And this. I think the first thing you should know about Le'Veon Bell is where he ranks on a per-game basis in both formats. In non-PPR, he's 22nd this year. In PPR, he's 14th. Does that sound like a reasonable ranking for him this week, Heath? Um... I, that's really close to where I have him ranked in non-PPR. I don't think I have him that high in PPR. Okay. So what do you think about Le'Veon Bell? I, I think, you know, look, he gets a good amount of touches. He has four and a half catches per game, and that's pretty consistent. But I just think that everyone is going to look at every Jet and think, gosh, they could be horrible this week. I, what, what do you think? I do think, like, he had a three-game stretch without Darnold where he averaged seven catches per game and had like 30 some target or 23 targets in those seven games. He had one other game with Darnold where he caught eight passes. The rest of the games he's played with Darnold, I mean, it's been four, five, two, four, three, one, one. It's not quite the same involvement as four to five catches per week would lead you to believe. Right. Okay. But his last five games have all been with Darnold. He's had eight, four, two, five, four catches. So in my mind, I'm thinking four catches. Right. Also, I need to point out the Ravens run defense has not been great last six games. The teams that they have faced, here's the yards per carry that they've had 4.35. That was New England, one of the worst run teams in the league. 3.6. 6.5, 3.1, 6.3, 4.5. So it's a little up and down there. Uh, yeah, but I, I just do don't do? know how much it matters with the Jets. We're, like Le'Veon Bell averaged 3.8 against the Dolphins and 3.2 against the Bengals. He's, they can't run the ball, no question. All no. Right, so give me some running backs or wide receiver. Like, would you start A.J. Brown or Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> I, I would start A.J. Brown. I mean, I I would start AJ Brown. Would you like to? I know? think in PPR I'd, I'd start Bell. That was a great great choice, Adam. Um, I don't know, like he'll probably catch one more pass than AJ Brown, but I think their like their catch total is probably pretty, like he might be like minus one forty to catch more passes than Marquise Brown, than AJ Brown. Would you like to know how Bell has done in blowout losses? Here are his PPR fantasy points in the Can't games we just read his season stats? That the Jets have lost by 14 or more points. 20 in week one, but 9, 15, 8, 6, 10. So in four of six games that they've lost by 14 or more points, he scored 10 or fewer PPR fantasy points. He's got he's got some down some serious downside. So obviously you pick up DeAndre Washington, you start him over him. 
Um, but Raheem Mostert or Le'Veon Bell? Mostert, non-PPR, Bell, and PPR. I like that. Are there any wide receivers that you'd start over Le'Veon Bell in this game? Ravens or Jets? No. You're not taking Robbie Anderson over Bell? I am not. I am not starting any Jets. Like, Le'Veon Bell is my favorite Jet, and I'm not really starting him. Mm-hmm. I am. I just don't want any any part of the Jets. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, I, I agree with both you guys. Adam's said it at the top too. This team has just such so much downside. It's like I I know I was high on Le'Veon Bell as a as Heath alluded to a little bit ago as like a buy low in the middle of the season. His workload was great. This offense has been horrible. You can't trust any of these guys. And Absolutely. like I don't, I said that I wasn't total. That wasn't like a, a mocking thing because he had a good stretch yeah. against some bad opponents. But that's over. Mm-hmm. They aren't playing bad teams anymore, and they're not good enough to play with good teams. All right. So uh, a wide receiver's had 80 yards or a touchdown at all but one game since Jimmy Smith returned. So that's six games. And so it's not like you can't have a good performance against the Ravens secondary. It's tough, but you're not trusting Robbie Anderson. I am not. All right. So Lamar Jackson's the number one quarterback. I think he's two for Dave, one for Jamie and Heath. Uh, We'll get to Mark Ingram in a second. Can we just... No Hollywood Brown, right? No Willie Sneed. Correct. What about uh, what about Mark Andrews? How do you feel about him this week? I'm just look. We don't have him ranked yet. I think we probably will today, if um, depending on what his injury designation is. I I don't feel great about it. The Jets have weirdly been really good against tight ends. I think second or third yeah, yeah. in the league against tight ends, and so I he'd be right around eight. For me in my rankings, I, I don't think I could start him over Tyler Higby if Gerald Everett was still out. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's a Thursday game, so, you know, if you had to make that, that I've call. not seen any indication that, like, if Gerald Everett has practiced by Thursday. It is weird. Like, Jamal Adams might play in this game, by the way. He, he'll he be a game-time decision. I don't know if that really makes a difference. It is weird that the Jets have been so good against tight ends. They haven't faced a lot of great ones, but they did... Really well against Wikisiki uh, last week. One for one catch for six yards on five targets. They did very well against Darren Waller, forty-one yards on six targets. Andrews just finds he has a knack for the end zone. Um, so you're saying you'd start Higby over him? Would you start David Njoku against the Cardinals or Mark Andrews? No, I'm not doing that thing. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, he didn't play very much at all. No, the Arizona tight end thing is is officially dead until they play a, a tight end with a pulse. Would you start Ian Thomas or Mark Andrews? Probably Andrews, but it's really, really close. That's a good one. All right, Ben, let's talk about Mark uh, Mark Ingram against the best run defense in football. He's had some really good games against some really good matchups. Matchups don't seem to matter as I was looking at, at Mark Ingram's game log. So starter sit Mark Ingram. Would you rather have Bell or Ingram? And the reason for that, and we've talked about it, uh, quite a few times with respect to Ingram is Lamar Jackson, right? Like the, the threat of him pulling on those, uh, you know, those read options uh, is holding everyone on the outside. It, it opens up the lanes in the middle. And that's something that's bo- borne out in the stats over the course of several seasons that running quarterbacks, efficient running quarterbacks uh, help the efficiency of their, of their running backs. And that's something that uh, we should expect be extremely true when that running quarterback is Lamar Jackson, who is maybe the best running quarterback ever like i mean he's that good 
so, yeah, I, I'm not concerned about the matchup with Mark Ingram. I think you can expect him to still be pretty efficient because they're going to have to respect Lamar Jackson's uh, rushing ability as well. Heath, any any running backs that you'd start over Mark Ingram this week that you know might be surprising to some people? I'm going to try to set the record for saying DeAndre Washington's name the most well, times he, in one podcast. <laughs> DeAndre Washington. Yeah, I see you have Miles Sanders ahead of him. Yeah. All right. Would you? I should also note, though, I mean, I'm not making a huge adjustment on their defense, but Ingram has really only been really good when he had multiple touchdowns. He's done that four times this year. He's had four really good games. He's had plenty of low floor games. Oh, Last yeah. week, I think he had 10.9 PPR points. It was only his fifth lowest total. He has, I think, four games in single digits. So I, I do think you can sit him. I mean, I just don't think you should sit him because of the matchup necessarily. It's not right. just I, I don't. That you, you could sit him. Too. I just don't really. I don't want to unless I have a great option. He is he's, five, a, he's, a, he's a good option. Five games yeah. with seven or fewer non-PPR fantasy points. So four games with 19 or more, five games with seven or fewer, four games with nine to 13 non-PPR fantasy points. All right. I don't know if you answered this, but Le'Veon Bell or Mark Ingram? Ingram. In both formats? Yeah. I mean, this really is a great question for me. I, I would almost always, in PPR, lean towards the guy who... Plays every snap for his team, catches the passes. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram still shares work with Gus Edwards, but I still think you have to play Ingram here. I mean, you have to assume that they're going to lead their huge home favorites, and he's you know you want running backs in in situations where they're huge home favorites and, and expected to win, rack up rushing yards, and potentially have plenty of scoring opportunities if uh, if those arise. So. I think you have to play Ingram, even though it goes against every bone in my body based on their, you know, the types of touches these backs get. Well, that would be the Jets and the Baltimore Ravens should be a uh, an ugly start to the <laughs> to week 15. That's going to be a, a blowout for sure. All right, guys. So unfortunately, we have to eliminate our dynasty segment for today. I'm very sorry. But, I wanted to tell people why Garrett Cole had lost so much value in the last 24 hours. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. That's ridiculous. J-Hab, Sonny Gray. You really think so? Like, you really yep. think? You don't think that. He, he is my first. I found my first 2020 fantasy baseball bust, Garrett Cole. Good. I found uh, the first thing I get to make fun of you about after the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Um, let me talk to you about ZipRecruiter. Okay, hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company, and she knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. And that's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you can get qualified candidates fast with ZipRecruiter. So Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter. And she said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. And she also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. Less than two weeks! So with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. All right, this is really efficient. And it's a great tool if you're looking to hire someone. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try it for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, let's hear from the people for the last 10, 15 minutes of this show. Emails from Charles, dear McLean, Gruber, and Powell. Is Powell uh, the cop? 
Who's Powell? McClane's got to be John McClane. Well, these right? are Die Hard. Is this a movie? Well, Han Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, Die Hard. Powell. Who is Powell? I think Powell is the cop. Welcome to the party, Powell. That's not what he says. <laughs> Half PPR. I need to start two. Ingram, Singletary, Lindsey, Laird, McCoy, DeAndre Washington. He's going to say Washington for yes, sure. Yes, he is. Washington is the best player on this list. And Half I would... PPR. I'd go Lindsey. Lindsay or I think I'd go Lindsay and Ingram over Washington. For me. I'd go Washington and Ingram. Oh, okay. Not Singletary. All right. From Garrett. No, Singletary, no. Subject line, 29% snap rate for Cooper Cup. Body of the email. Should we be worried? Really interesting thing I found in stealing signals with this. It, he actually ran routes on 52% of dropbacks. Their personnel was really heavily run pass split josh reynolds played way more snaps and actually ran fewer routes he was out there for run blocking mostly and he didn't even have a target he did have three rush attempts josh reynolds so cup yeah it's not good but he's still probably going to be out there for a lot of the pass attempts he's he's golf's favorite receiver i think he can still start him the upside's not going to be the same but much better when you look at his routes cup or ingram this week in ppr i'm playing cup over over ingram yeah, in PPR, I probably am too. In non-PPR, it's Ingram, and it's not particularly close. Uh, by the way, uh, bold prediction. Mark Ingram has two catches for 30 to thirty to 40 yards against the Jets. I have a statistical, Is that a bold prediction? I have a statistical basis for that. Well, he has 30 to 40 receiving yards against the Jets. That's my prediction, my projection. Uh, Jacob and Santa Clara. Tom are Brady. You sh- are you going to share the statistical basis? We don't have time, but basically, <laughs> his production in the passing the game against teams that are similar to the Jets in how many yards they give up to running backs, receiving yards. That's what I'm projecting. Okay, 16 team league, Tom Brady. Should I start Brady against the Bengals? Should I start Minshew? Uh, Drew Locke. Oh, is this for week 16? Uh, oh, it's it's for next week. Brady against Buffalo or Minshew at Atlanta, Drew Locke against Detroit, Dalton at Miami, Trubisky against the Chiefs. I don't know. <laughs> it's not going to be Brady. Know. I am not starting Brady against the Bills. The, no way. Tom Brady's yeah. Tom Brady's probably last. Um, I wouldn't do Locke. Locke's been thrown underneath a ton. I don't love Minshew at Atlanta. For me, it's kind of between Dalton and Trubisky. I don't know. What do you think, Heath? I am I like I have Tr- Minshew and Trubisky very similar this week. Um, I like Minshew. One more bad game would change my evaluation of him a lot. He still has more good games than bad games. So like he is someone. If he had a good game this week against the Raiders, I'd probably just go with Minshew because I like him the most right now. Okay, uh, you've got some options there, but it's not going to be Brady. From Chris, Rodgers, Wentz, or Tannehill this week? Oh, Tannehill. Tannehill for, is the only quarterback in this group in my top 15. From Pat, four point per passing touchdown leagues, Kyler Murray or Ryan Tannehill? I want to play Kyler in that situation. I have Kyler projected for more fantasy points in four point per pass touchdown leagues. I'm going with Kyler Murray. Okay. Nice. Jeremy from somewhere in Northeast Oklahoma. Oof, no idea. Oh, yeah. I, um, Hooker. Okay. 
Somehow <laughs> I, I scraped a first round by in my state. Don't call us names. I scraped a first round by in my 12 team standard scoring league, but I have Ridley and Evans. So pick two of these options. Dee Westbrook, Alan Hearns, Curtis Samuel, Brashad Perryman, Randall Cobb. Oh, well, Dee Dee's got to be one of them, right? Standard league. It's not PPR. Uh, Dee stands out, but if it's not. Well, I, I think Brashad Perryman's a decent option. There's a lot of air yards opening up in that Tampa offense. You know they want to chuck it down the field. He's a guy that could definitely hit some splash plays. I'd go Didi and Hearns. Didi and Hearns. Didi and, and Hearns. Perryman, you're saying? I'll say Didi and Perryman, yeah. Okay. And uh, Curtis Samuel is sort of interesting because he catches a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have Seattle. It's just, so, like, if gonna Ian Thomas is going to see targets, if Ian Thomas is going to see targets, like, Curtis Samuel's fallen way down that target totem pole, right? Like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore have been huge focal points, and now Ian Thomas is getting 10 targets. Maybe maybe Curtis Samuel hasn't fallen down the target priority. He was just never as high as everybody hoped that he was. Maybe. There I, you go. This is, I think he's in the same yeah. place he's always been. Well, you know, he doesn't have the same quarterback he had last year, so that's that could be part of it. From Mason— he wasn't- from Mason, look, you've already made a terrible call on Garrett Cole, and you are the commissioner of that stinking league, so you're done. Uh, I've been helping my brother's team, and now that it's playoffs, he's going rogue and playing Emmanuel Sanders over Julio Jones. How do I convince him to play Julio over Emmanuel Sanders, or do I let him ride with Sanders? I want to know where he's rankings fall on this. I would play Julio, but I I don't. I would play Julio. Want to fade Sanders? Um, in non PPR, I have Julio 13th and Emmanuel Sanders 14th. <laughs> there you go. In PPR, I've got Julio 9th and Sanders 15th. So I don't think it's all that crazy. No, it's like, not. Let yeah, him do what it's he not wants crazy. to do. Without Calvin Ridley, really do what you want to do too. I don't know if it is, though, because Richard Sherman's not playing. Not that Sherman was going to shadow him, but, uh, but, all right, guys, let's, we got, let's oh, go rapid, rapid fire here. Josh from a city in Arkansas. Matt Ryan or Ryan? No, that one's easy. Go with Tannehill. So how about this? Pick two of these three. Edelman, Julio, and Godwin. PPR. Sit, sit Julio. Okay, from Angie. Higby or Waller this week? I'm playing Waller, I think, but that's close. Yep. It's, so they're back-to-back, but I would play Waller. Craig, a lifelong supporter of CBS Fantasy Sports. Non-PPR league, DK Metcalf or Darius Slayton? I'm going Slayton. I've got him as a top 20 wide receiver this week. It wasn't just last week. He has been their target leader for the last month. And the fact that he was with Eli Manning, the one concern I have with Eli is I don't think Eli wants to get hit at this stage in his career. The Dolphins can't put any pressure on him. So I think he'll have time to look for Slayton deep. And so I think Slayton's their number one wide receiver. Okay, Metcalf is safer. Metcalf seems to be like a 70-yard kind of guy. Slayton has some horrible games in there, but okay. Uh, from Jack, Cole Beasley, Nelson Aguilar, or Raheem Mostert, PPR. Mostert. Yes. It could be Aguilar. Yeah, Mostert. Yeah, Aguilar may still may not play, but boy, is he going to be interesting if he does. From Frank, Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. or Joe Mixon, PPR. I like Hunt. Yeah, yeah it's rare one. that I would uh, project a guy with 12 touches to be better than a guy with 20 touches, but I would go with Kareem Hunt. From Alf, 
Could you bench Alvin Kamara for Mostert or Mixon? No. I no, but in non-PPR, I would bench Alvin Kamara for DeAndre Washington. From Titus, I have the Bills DST. What other streamers might I consider um, in week 16? Oh, sorry. Week 16 DSTs? All right, I'll look that up. Let's go to some it's other questions. like you have here. Miami versus Cincinnati, and you have the Giants versus Washington in week 16, and so it's like four offenses you want to target are all playing four terrible defenses, and I, I have been looking Jameis? at that. Houston playing is playing Jameis. If like if you are in a league where the total yards and points you give up don't matter near as much as the turnovers and sacks, Tampa Bay is a great team. Hey, to dude, start the Bills. Like the Patriots' offense is terrible. Start the like it's legitimately terrible. Start the Bills. Uh, but you can start. That's, the, that's a great call. You again start depends the Texans, on what type but, of league. I don't think they'll get a lot of sacks and interceptions or turnovers. They may hold them to few yards and few points. Yeah. So it really depends on your scoring. Okay. Uh, but don't, you don't have to run away from the Bills. Okay, from Andrew, Tyler Boyd or D.D. Westbrook? Boyd against the Patriots or Westbrook against the Ravens? Uh, Raiders? D.D. by a country mile. Okay. Ooh, it's not that far for me. It's <laughs> like close for me. A regular mile. Uh, from Iron let, Mike. Okay, so yeah, we're going with D.D. Uh, Baker or Kyler? Kyler by two country miles. From Dylan, how startable is Beckham? Great matchup against the Cardinals, but awful situation. I mean, they're talking about how he's like super unhealthy. Like Baker Mayfield came out and said he's super unhealthy. It was handled poorly. This, that, and the other thing. Like I, you can't think of him like he's Odell Beckham right now. Like Anthony Miller, Darius Slayton, Debo Samuel, D.D. Westbrook, John Brown, A.J. Brown, no, Zach Pascal. No. No. I would start all of those wide receivers over Odell Beckham this week. <laughs> yes. It's the Cardinals. The Cardinals make a lot of bad wide receivers look great. Jar- he's the, but do they make the team's number two wide receiver great? Because he is they, clearly they the number two wide receiver in Cleveland. They can. And Kareem Hunt might, he might, might be, be the number, number three he, behind Kareem Hunt as he well. He might be the number three wide receiver. I, I think you're. I think you might be running into a little bit of a trap with Anthony Miller, by the way. Just, just saying. Because, you know. Okay. We, you think it's a trap. It could be. It, it could be like the Packers are the best pass defense he has faced, or will will be the best pass defense he has faced in this recent stretch. He had what three or four catches in the last game. You're lucky he scored. Uh, he played the Giants and the Lions, and he lit them up. Mitchell Trubisky does not throw the ball downfield, so he's probably just going to have a lot of short area catches. I think one point of clarification, and this probably has something to do with if I am running into a trip. You said the Packers have the best pass defense he has faced. Recent. And I think in terms of fantasy points, that might be true. They've allowed 7.9 yards per, per yeah. attempt to opposing quarterbacks this season. By In my um, spreadsheets, that actually gives Anthony Miller and Mitchell Trubisky a boost because I view this as a good matchup for the Bears passing game. I mean, I have brought that up. They they do give up a lot of big plays. Um Will will Mitchell Trubisky I, I don't actually know. gamble like, ben, to make big plays? Seen, I, my opinion is that yards per attempt allowed at this stage is more predictive than fantasy points allowed, but I don't know 100% that that's true. Then it's comes, it probably comes down to attempts also because they might try to run. The, the Packers have a terrible run defense. So, well, if Taylor Gabriel comes back, you could be in a little bit of trouble. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if uh, Taylor Gabriel comes back, he will not be ranked ahead of Odell Beckham. Anthony Miller won't be. Correct. Right. Okay. 
So uh, let's read a couple more from Brian. Start two, non-PPR. Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, non-PPR. It's Singletary and maybe Montgomery for me. I don't know. What do you got, Heath? I think I would go with Le'Veon and Singletary. I can back that. They're very, very, very close. Yeah. Last email here. This is actually a tweet from Dustin. How did I lose with Winston, Barkley, Gurley, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Travis Kelsey? That's that's, <laughs> that's a lot of points. Football. You lost with I, that team? I, yeah, goodness. I had none of those this past week. I have so many teams in semifinals this week that do not belong. Um, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep try to keep riding it. That's what this year's time of year is all about. Well, I hope you don't consider our our team... Because we belong. We belong. We had a good, strong No, year. I think the We're guy that scored 2,100 points this year belongs. Okay, so do we. Um, we belong. So do we. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. Having commissioner access does not make you the commissioner. For Heath, for Ben, I'm Adam, and I get the last word. We'll see you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Thanks, Commissioner. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.